Texas Banking. I have Jamie Root, who is an author and the former president of the Houston Texans. He currently resides in Houston with his wife and their children. He graduated from Clemson. He serves as the co-chair of Greater Houston COVID-19 Recovery Fund, and he was the creator of the Texas Bowl, Houston's annual college football bowl game. He was selected one of the Houston Business Journal's most admired CEOs, and he serves as the board director of the Greater Houston Partnership and the United Way of Greater Houston. Please join me in welcoming Jamie Roost to the podcast. Today on the podcast, you're going to be really excited to hear what Jamie Roots has to say. He has a book out called The Winning Game Plan. Jamie, welcome to the show. Uh, good to be with you, Levanda. Thanks for the opportunity. I read your book. I think I told you I read your book and I listened to an audio, both very good. And I would like just for you to tell us why did you write the book and a little bit what's in the book? Yeah, so it's really a, a story about my leadership journey that started pretty early on in my career. At the mm-hmm. age of 29, I started as the general manager of a major league soccer franchise now as the first employee right so uh, it was uh, it, it was an interesting challenge really had to learn on the fly then had the opportunity about five years later to come to Houston and be part of the startup team for the Houston Texans and mm-hmm. uh, several years in you know I started to realize that the things that allow for startup success which is really a very hands-on kind of micromanaging approach weren't gonna serve me well going forward and so that whole evolution and then learning from great leaders learning from from reading, from from school, et cetera. And then just starting to piece all that together. It's a compilation of principles and and structures that I've used that have really helped to maintain success over a long period of time. The stories are used to illustrate the concepts so that it becomes hopefully real to people so that they can go about and, you know, take some of the things that they've learned here and maybe uh, elevate their leadership and move faster and more productively on their leadership journey. Yeah, I, I thought that that was really interesting, though, the stories you use to guide through the you know, successful points of being a good leader. I also really love the way, you know, it was around sports. You talked about the fan experience and when people were at the game, why would they pay to come to a game when they could just watch it on TV? And I often talk about that in banking because we have, of course, all the mobile apps and all the things you can do on the internet. People still like to come to the branch. So what's that experience when they walk in the door? That to me can play from sports to that wow experience. When you come to a bank and everyone says your name, that's an experience and a feeling you can't get from a mobile app, right? That's right. Any any business can create this personal experience that adds value to the relationship. You know, the ability for individuals to come together to solve problems in a sporting environment, you know, yeah, at the core, it is competition. But to come out and be part of that in the stands, you've got, you're looking for something different than Mm -hmm. watching on your couch. Uh, And you have to kind of think deeply about what is that? It's the bonding time, the, the rituals and traditions that you engage in, the opportunity to be part of something bigger than yourself, to be there, you know, 71,000 shoulder to shoulder, you know, standing up against the visitor who's coming into our home is, is really cool. And so uh, I, I always love to hear the stories of the relationships that have been built over a long period of time, whether it's you know from the tailgating to the people that you sit next to in the stands, it becomes community. They become part of your family and really does uh, add a richness and a fullness that you can't get from a television or computer screen. Yeah, that, I thought that was really exciting. And another uh, key point is that you know, your listening skills, and that's something we talk about a lot, and I think most people miss, is that just listening to people you work with and finding sometimes it's the small things. 
it doesn't always have to be the big items. Maybe you can or can't do, but the Coke machine, for an example, that was right, right. right. I love that story. So can you tell that story a little bit? Well, I've always felt it's, you know, marketing, whether it's internal marketing or external marketing, it's about figuring out what people want and giving it to them. Right. And so how do you understand what they want? You ask them, you ask them and then you respond. And when you respond and you, and you demonstrate to them that, you know, Hey, we've heard, we've had to say, here are things that we can do. Here's some Mm -hmm. things we can't do, but we're going to do these things. And you're going to see these as tangible changes in the employee experience. They're much more likely to give you feedback going forward. It builds confidence in in management that they really are listening to to what's important to us. And everybody's got a right to be heard, but you don't have a right to get what you want. I mean, there are decisions that had to be made. Some, Some things we can do, some things we can't. But to the extent we can, we're always leaning into what are the things that we can do to make it a, uh, a great place for everyone to work and hopefully realize their, their dreams and ambitions in, in their work life? Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I love the way you put that up. thing that I, when I read up, my notes in the book were like, hey, we do this pretty well. Hey, we can work on this a little bit more. Oh, my gosh, I need to start doing this. So it was very enlightening about, you know, just some different things that people see from a different perspective. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Tell me a little bit about the why you wanted to write the book. But who inspired you to write the book? I've been a failed writer for maybe a decade. I've been thinking <laughs> about doing this and we think about inspiration. You know, success is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Finally, I made the commitment that I would sit down and start to put it together and it started to feel pretty good and I just kept going. You know, that I, I really wanted to share stories and concepts that I found to be effective for folks that want to become better leaders. Very practical. It's not theoretical. There are things and tools that you can use to elevate your leadership capabilities pretty much right away. If folks read it and it's an interesting story, it keeps them the entire time and they take a, a couple of things that can help make them a better leader, that would be a success. Exactly. You talked very fondly of Lamar Hunt, of Bob Nair, of course. Tell me about their personalism and why they made such an impact on you. Yeah, they're so alike and so different. I mean, their character was impeccable, both of them, just wonderful people, salt of the earth, very focused on, on helping others. Others. Lamar, in my interactions with him, you know, it was a, an MBA in sport management, you know, to mm-hmm. be working with somebody who started the American Football League and spent five years arm in arm putting the uh, the Columbus crew uh, together. He had a lot of input into, you know, what we did. And, and I was so grateful and thankful mm-hmm. for it. And then with Bob, uh, Bob's a tremendous businessman. He was a great philanthropist. You know, he, he taught me a lot about business, you know, maybe mm-hmm. more uh, first order business versus just strictly the sports business because that was his background. But maybe more importantly, I mean, you know, what does it take to be a, a, a husband that a, a wife could love, a, a father that a, your children can respect, you know, just the just the highest character, integrity, do what you say you're going to do. Always, he had a great line and it's in one of the conference rooms at uh, NRG Stadium that do, you can never go wrong by doing what's right. You know, and really just focusing on doing what's right day after day, you'll get there eventually. I love that. I mean, you put that in one of my rooms. <laughs> That's really, really good. <laughs> It's been a challenging year for us all, but for half of our neighbors, making ends meet is nearly impossible. With your support, United Way of Greater Houston is working to help more people move from struggle to success by providing help with the basics and a pathway to long-term financial stability. Support this work now at unitedwayhouston.org help or text help now to 51555. If you need help, United Way is here 24-7. Just dial 211. 
building your team and you have to have a great team around you when you're building and hiring them and what kind of characteristics did you look for and did you make some mistakes along the way did you think you found the right person but maybe they weren't and what were some of those differences that you thought you had the right person but what was missing yeah well I, and yes did make mistakes along the way and and had to correct those I'm fortunate that I started with a blank sheet of paper and could bring the team in and then certain pieces wouldn't fit and have to backfill and and uh, and then people you know leave from time to time and so you have to right. backfill but you you know you know of course the uh, the talent level is really important you got to get people that are talented at their jobs and can do them in an exceptional way but underneath that there are a couple of non-negotiables that we establish that uh, are really important and i found those more often than not became the places where people did not quite mesh and it was around having a great work ethic having a winning attitude positive optimistic team oriented you know mm-hmm. those things those things you see in the hallway and the conversations and how they treat their teammates. And then real desire to operate consistently with the values of our organization, you know, Mm -hmm. the things that are important. They wanted to live our values, right? And so when you get competence and those three non-negotiables, it works out more often than not. That's awesome. Did you have any specific questions when you were talking with people? How did you know? What did you ask? Because we all have resumes in front of us, right? We all can see a resume. We can talk to somebody. How did you know? What things did you look for in your conversation with those types of people that said, hey, this is a right team player for me? Well, it's, uh, you know, I mean, asking the behavioral related, related questions and examples and tell me about a time when and trying to allow them to really articulate and clear and specific way that, that, yeah, I get this and this is important to me. You know, even beyond the people that I hired, I mean, for the most part, just about everybody who came into the organization, maybe beyond interns and, and entry-level employees, you know, down the chain, I would be the last interview with them. And I would just spend time talking about the organization, the values of the organization, these three non-negotiables, and, and uh, be very clear that this is really important. And so you got to check your heart. Is this really, I mean, th- this is a two-way street, right? We are evaluating you to choose you and you need to choose whether this is the kind of environment that's right for you and ask yourself and actually did have one time where an employee called back a couple of days later and said, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, I'd rather rather stay where I am. It's very calm and serene and, you know, fairly low paced because I, you know, just had to be very clear that people move very fast. They're very passionate about what they're doing. You know, if that's not what you're all about, then it's probably not going to work in the end. And best for you and for us that that you, we, uh, we we don't we don't do this. Right. No, I think that's a, a gift to them as well. You're up front with them. So one of the things when you were speaking about, you have a passion for success, but you also have a passion for compassion. And so tell me about Hurricane Harvey and what you did during that time that affected, you know, so many in the Houston area. Yeah, well, it, our focus on having a commitment to the community really started with the McNair family. You know, without, mm-hmm. you know, support of ownership, you can't go there, right? And they were exactly. in the beginning. You know, we're, we're here for Houston. In fact, when we codified the three imperatives, it was win championships, create memorable experiences, and do great things for Houston, right? It started around Hurricane Katrina. We did something really big. Ike, we did some of the bid, then there have been smaller things, but Harvey was really an exceptional window for us. Really, the team led in, a, in an exceptional way, I believe. 
But JJ Watt, I mean, what he did in terms of, you know, just an idea, maybe I can do some challenge uh, fundraising and uh, tens of millions of dollars later, Houstonians and folks all along the Gulf Coast, you know, were were benefited by it. And then coming back to Houston and JJ orchestrates a day for all of our players to get out and face to face work with the folks that have been impacted so significantly. So that was really a gratifying time. And it's just, it became part of the culture, you know, and culture is so important within any organization. And if the cultural norm is give back to the community in an exceptional way, that's what you go and do. Sometimes people talk a lot about it and there's a lot of posters on a wall and things like that. But to do those types of things, to really give back to the community, which even living in Dallas, seeing it from afar, it really made you want to root for the Texans even or and root for Houston. I live in Dallas. So it was great to see that that connection that you guys made with the community that you were you're talking about that was so severely impacted. Tell us what your term get better mentality means. I want to know what that means. Yeah, that's an interesting phrase. So anytime individuals and organizations look at performance, you you have two different mindsets, an acceptance mindset and a growth mindset. The acceptance mindset is to defend why what we did was okay. You know, we did this, that, and the other thing. The growth mindset was we know we're okay, but where are the places that we can get better? Mike Van Gundy has a great line, a basketball coach, former basketball coach, and now commentator that never ignore in victory what you wouldn't ignore in defeat. So it isn't about whether you won or you lost. It's about constantly looking for those little edges that can make you better. If you focus on getting better always, you kind of in some ways take getting worse off the table because you've got a clear direction that we we want to get better every time we go out and do what we do. And mm-hmm. when that becomes a cultural norm and you're peeling back the onion time and time again, you know, you, you look back a few years later and you're like, wow, a small incremental progress consistently uh-huh. applied has gotten us where we wanted to go. I love that you put that in that context, but it's also, you know, it's not just about the players that are on the field. It's about, you know, your whole team behind the scenes. They were saying the same thing. How do we get better? How's our ticket sales? You know, everything that we're doing, the whole experience, how do you get better every time with that? Yeah. And you have to create a safe environment where folks are, are feel comfortable admitting not just the victories, but, uh, or touting the victories, but admitting the defeats, the things that we tried this, it didn't go well. Here's what we're going to do differently next time to get a better result and, uh, and know that they're not going to be admonished for it. I mean, you can't make mistakes after mistake after mistake, right? Sure. Or that sure. definitely the same mistake again. But people have to be feel comfortable that they can admit that this didn't go right because, you know, sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. And until you recognize, realize, and, and accept that this wasn't our best, you won't do the work to make it your best next time. Does that drive you to see that success for people to grow in that area? Does that have a passion of yours to see people incrementally in themselves, not do just a better job, but see themselves grow? Absolutely. You know, early on in my career and probably everybody's career, you're focused so much on your own individual achievement and things that matter to you. But over time, as and as you ascend as a leader, it really needs to become about helping others, you know, exceed beyond their expectations, you know, to deliver more than they thought they could, you know, right. and instill that confidence in them and provide them with the support and the resources and the, and the guidance. And then uh, over time, 
you know, they don't need as much as that. And they, they have the confidence to go out and, you know, and, and do great things. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to ask you, Jamie, what's next for you? What's on your horizon? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been looking at a number of things. I've tried a few things that I thought might fit that haven't. You know, I'm spending the time about, what, 25 years into sports and, and trying to figure out what I can do next. I'd like to stay here in Houston. I love Houston. I love Texas. It's my family's home. I've got to find that next thing that I uniquely can make a difference for our well, I know that uh, just by your book was very inspirational. Your book was an extremely easy and fun read. And I, I mean, I truly got a lot out of it. I, I truly loved it. I think one of the things I'm going to ask you, so what do you think about Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow? Because you're a Clemson guy, aren't you? <laughs> I am. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is an outstanding quarterback. You know, he's got a great opportunity to develop down there in, in Jacksonville. And, and interesting to see the Tebow thing. I mean, he's such a phenomenon. You know, he, yeah. he's the Pied Piper. Maybe he generates it's a tremendous amount of attention. So the only constant thing in the National Football League is change. So interesting every year to see the changes that happen throughout the league. That's great. Well, it's so great to talk with you in person. I really enjoyed it. Again, loved your book. We'd love to have more interaction with you and I look forward to any of the books that you write. It's just great. I love the way you told your story. I especially love the way you've learned from Bob McNair about being a good husband and good father with something that gives you purpose. You know, they'll have those memories forever as well. So thank you so much. I really awesome. enjoyed this, the talk. Great being with you. Thank you.